listening to the best podcast in the world, The Awakened Soul, hosted by my daddy. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. All right, welcome to episode 43 of The Awakened Soul. We got a... Um, a, a pretty deep conversation planned um, with Ayana for today on episode 43. Uh, we start off with a discussion on Seven Seconds, the Netflix series, and then we spin that off into talking about um, some of the statistics behind um, police being arrested for crimes. Um, and also we talk about uh, some of the unarmed shootings um, that, that have just been plaguing our country for the last whew, it's been a couple of years at this point. So, um, yeah, it's just a dope discussion. So we're not going to have a stupid idiot of the week this week or not going to have a in the mind of Hayes. We're going to get right into this conversation because um, we split it up a few times. And, you know, we're going to get into our intro music. On the other side of that, it's going to be me and Ayana. <laughs> The Awakened Soul. The Awakened Soul. We have a returning guest on tonight from the I'm Just Saying podcast and also now from Tea Time with I'm Just Saying. You guys, any, anyone who listens to the breaks knows what I'm talking about. Definitely check it out. We got Ayana from I'm Just Saying in the building. What's going on? Hello, hello. How's everybody doing? And you know I have to talk my shit right, so... You allowed me to say your name wrong for three episodes before you told me that I was saying your name wrong. I'm just I'm well. Just... It's a thing that I'm used to, so um, so I don't really care either way. I mean, you say my name right? Oh well. Um... No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, at a loss for words. Uh, uh, a little caught off guard a little caught off guard um before we get into our topic today which i'm sure is going to get pretty heavy um fun and heavy at the same time i gotta i gotta get your thoughts on this cardi b album what what are you thinking so far of it oh man i love it i i'm a, a big fan of ratchet music so i mean anything that could get me to to shake it i mean when i was listening to it on friday at work, like it took everything in me to not get up and be like, hey, hey! like I was like ready to go. <laughs> that is hilarious. So, um, yeah, no, I really, I really enjoy it. it it's a real like gangster bitch. I, I feel like a great woman type music when I listen to it. So. <laughs> the, the, the thing too is that you know, you hear people that want to get caught up on the whole ghostwriting thing. I don't give a damn about that. Cardi B's never been the lyricist. It's not like I'm listening to, to Talib Kweli now. If I find out he has a ghostwriter, him and J. Cole and Kendrick, it completely crushed my spirits. But a Cardi B album, it was fun. It's very, it's very much her. Like she's a ball of energy yes. and just fun and genuine. And that's that that album is dope. Like I, I can't, I don't understand the people that hate on it because it is what it is. Like if, and the thing is too, is that if Cardi had never been on reality TV, if she had never done that and she came out with this album, people would be saying it's one of the best female MC albums in the world. Oh yeah. It, it surprised me actually. Cause I didn't really have much of an expectation. I was kind of concerned that she was just one of those people that was just gonna, you know, have one really great song, a banger. And that was it. You know, I wasn't expecting it to be a full cohesive album where there's really no song that I skip except for probably um, the ones that have been on the radio to be honest because I've heard it way too many times but like um, other than that it doesn't make them any less I, I love every single song so it's it's one of those albums that I could listen to front to back over and over to be honest and and Bickenhead the fact that she redid Chickenhead in, in the Bickenhead song like I <laughs> 
I thoroughly enjoyed listening to that the first time. Like it, it was, it was crazy. Like I'm, cause I so that was exciting. Yeah. So like when I listened to the album the first time through, I was at work, and so like I didn't see the names of the tracks. I literally just pushed play and I went to work, and I was just listening. Mm-hmm. analyzing and when that song came on i'm like this is creative like whoever decided to do that whether it was her or go i don't care that was creative and she wrapped her ass off on that song she performed the hell out of it hell yeah and i actually heard an, um an interview with her earlier this week on the breakfast club and she because like i we all know the girl can't speak she can't, <laughs> so she has very horrible diction but even in the album she's speaking clearly she's pronouncing things and she actually said it took it takes her a very long time and she wanted to make sure everything was perfect and that she was saying everything correctly so one song took her three days to record because she needed to enunciate so I, I think she did a really good job in um, making sure that this was a, a really good album, and I, I think it's it's gonna it's gonna be great this summer. Oh yeah, yeah, Bickerhead's gonna be everywhere this summer, I, and I'm glad it hasn't been a single yet because I, if if they wait to pull that off until like right towards the end of May as an official single going into June, perfect. Oh, yes, <laughs> absolutely. But all right, we I wanted to talk about music. You know, I like I like talking about something light before we get into something heavy. We're gonna take a brief break. We're gonna come back and we're gonna be discussing the TV show Seven Seconds, and we'll spin into quite a few discussions out of that. So we'll be right back. You heard Tom said before. I'm sick of their eyes. Even when they're dead, they're looking at you and wanting answers. Dead don't need answers. They're dead. My son laid in the cold, in pain, for hours. And whoever did this is free. All right, Ayana. So, you know what we're here to discuss. We're here to discuss seven seconds. What what were your initial, like, after it was all said and done? Because honestly, and I'll say this, this was one of those shows that while I was watching, I I got taken aback by a few things. And so after the last episode, I really sat down and kind of analyzed what happened over the whole course of the series. Had to go back and watch it a couple of days later. But this is it was deep and it, it, it hit home and it was very true to what happens. Um, and when it seemed like it was going to go at one point, it seemed like it was going to go. Um, it's a typical TV show where it all ends the way it's supposed to. The people go to jail, it's supposed to go to jail. Completely mm-hmm. took a left turn after that. So, what were your? What, what, were you taking it back as well? Did it take you a couple of a days or a day to to really process what you had just seen? Um, not really. Um, and it it sucks that I'm saying not really because I'm not surprised by the ending because I mean that's a a, a true depiction of what is happening now, you know, in in our reality. So, unfortunately, like, you know, you want to see the the, the bad guys get all the time and, you know, get punished for what they did. And it's just kind of like, you know what? (laughs) That, that, it's not the way the cookie crumbles all the time. So, I mean, it was almost like it was disappointing, but I'm like numb to it almost. So, like, it's just kind of like, well, like, all right, well, used to that. So, but I thought it was um, portrayed very well. Um, I thought that it was um, more so, I, I had said this to a friend of mine, that it's not necessarily like for us in a way. I think it's for those pe- people that are not numb to that kind of outcome. I think it's for the people that are not usually affected by this on a, on a day-to-day basis to really magnify that this is a a real situation this is a real issue that's happening uh, in our country absolutely absolutely um yeah it's a it was a a lot of stuff in it we'll we'll get into the discussion about real world and and how it reflects real world um i want to kind of stick to the tv show right now and Mm -hmm. before we get too heavy like i said I, i like throwing a little joke in there from time to time kj harper's wig did it bother you throughout the whole series as much as it bothered me Every scene she was in, I was looking at the wig like they could have easily afforded her a better wig than this. Her wig was horrifying. <laughs> I could not deal. I'm not a wig person uh, personally, but uh, when I see a bad wig, it just it, it's cringeworthy. And I just couldn't like, you know, come on, Netflix. You, <laughs> you could have done better than that. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, but, you know, you can tell when. The people of color are not on the the hair and makeup so 
Like they they do better getting Kevin Spacey to pay for a House of Cards. Like, come on now, where where's the wig budget <laughs> on here? This was this was this was horrifying. But um, there wasn't. <laughs> like seriously, it's like they 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 took the wig off. Whatever extra was there was like, you know what? That's perfect. Let me get that. That was the character. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I mean, her her wig could have tried the case for it, but whatever. <laughs> man. Oh God! But uh, it's KJ Harper, the character. What What did you think about KJ? She was very conflicted, an alcoholic, sleeping with a married man. I always like characters, especially when they're the main characters of shows, to be um, layered and to be be conflicted and have those flaws. And she very much was. But at the end of the day, she really wanted to win this case, not for any type right. of fame or anything like that. She wanted to win it for the family and to get justice. And so, uh, what did you think about her character? I think there could have. I, I thought she she had a really good character. I think that maybe she was a a little too messy for my taste. Um, I thought it was kind of uh, it, it it tried to take a, away a little bit of her 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 shine as a um, and as as an attorney. And um, I think that you know it was it was a little bit disappointing to to see the, the the black woman be a drunk and a hot mess and everything so it, it was it that was disappointing in that sense and then I also kind of wanted to see more of a character development I just felt like um she was a screw up and a drunk but I want to know like exactly why where did it where was the root of it where did it stem from I think I felt like more so that part of the storyline only led up to um she ultimately uh, overcame it, and prior to, well, after she overcame it, she she screwed it up single handedly, and then fixed the problem. So it was just kind of like, I don't know. It was it just seemed like it was pointless. They didn't necessarily need to be there. Yeah, it, it definitely didn't need to be there. Um, and you know, the thing is that. Yes, they could have done more with the character, but since she is the main character, and they've already said in, in season two, it's she's going to be the maybe one of the only characters that come over until that second season. They they have more time to tell more story with her, so in that sense, mm-hmm. I kind of understand why some of the fleshing out went more to other characters, or she's going to be the one that hangs around while the others didn't. But, um, yeah, there's definitely a, another story there. Like, I don't know if it's going to be a whole season or what it is, but there's a lot, of, a lot that they can go into with her to give us more of who who KJ Harper is. Right. So coming off of, uh, of, off of KJ Harper, I want to talk about, um, an, another strong female character that we had in the show. And that is Regina King's character and Latrice Butler. Um, someone who lost her son, got disconnected from her husband. She really went on the journey of kind of finding herself and trying to forgive, trying to get to the bottom of, of who killed her son. What did you think about Regina King's character? Um, I think Regina King played the fuck out of that character. She was incredible. I mean, she's always been an incredible actress. I don't know if you've seen like American Crime, uh, the series. Um, she every character she has played that I've seen her in, she puts her all her heart into it. And um, I, I just think uh, Latrice as as a character had a lot like went through a whole range of emotions um and she almost effortlessly like floated through every single uh transition and um just the struggle with uh you know her relationship with with god and um her her relationship with her husband and even like her relationship with her uh brother-in-law it was just kind of like you know it 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 was almost breathtaking. Every time she was on the scene, I was um, like just fixated on the, this character and just really wanted um, her to win and her to to get that closure because you you know a mother's love is everything and I think she she just she played the hell out of that. It's just I I have no words. <laughs> yeah, she did. She did an amazing job <laughs> and. You know, every stage of what that character went through between it being happy at the beginning, because at the first episode, she was mm-hmm. helping kids to grieving over her son, to being sad and trying to find herself, to just being pissed off and wanting to put the people who had to do with their son's death behind bars. Like that character went through so much over the course of the show and every bit of it. She acted the hell out of it. Like you said, it was it, she's an amazing actress. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And even, like I was just to to bring yourself to a point where you you move out of your house and sleep in your car like 
like that that is just such a raw emotion to have to to tap into so i i definitely commend her for for that yeah absolutely and so i i'm i was not as happy and i've seen this actor in a lot of stuff i used to be a big fan of of Grimm. so russell hornsby who played her husband isaiah he's a much stronger (laughs) actor than what i feel like he gave in in this role maybe that's just me because i've seen him in other things and i may be jaded by Mm -hmm. that but what did you think about his acting in the in this role because i felt i found it to be like a little force in, I don't know. Like I, I just had issues with it. What, what about you? Um, I, I definitely think Regina King kind of overpowered him in a way. Um, I, I honestly it wasn't memorable. <laughs> like I, don't, there's nothing that really stood out to me. I think maybe you know his emotion when he found out certain things about his son uh, was probably the most I had seen um, out of that character. But other than that, I was, I was not really impressed. Yeah, yeah, not and the I think so in the scene where he's talking to his pastor after, like you said, that reveal of his son, that was pretty powerful. Like I, I, I will give him the credit. That was probably the best acting he did on here. But other than that, like every scene with his brother when they were talking, like it just all of it just seemed awkward and forced. Um, but you know, I just wanted I wanted to talk about those characters because those are kind of the basis of it before we got into the story. And you know, the it, within the first few minutes of the first episode. We see their son, the, the young kid, get hit by a car. And mm-hmm. I going into this show, I did not know what to expect. Like, I I watch everything on Netflix. So when I started watching it, I just heard it was a good show. Didn't know exactly what it was about. And when I saw that, and then when he called the cops and they started covering up, covering it up, I, yeah, that got a, a reaction out of me. So, you know, just the basis of the story, this young boy getting hit by a car, which was an accident. But then the police just deciding to try to cover it up. It's just so real right. world. But what was your initial reaction to it? Um, it? It was disappointing because it was one of those things that did not nec- it didn't need to be covered up. It was almost like they jumped to conclusions. Like even uh, when you hear them conversing with one another, talking about you know what to do next, and um, D'Angelo is basically like, "Oh well, you know the Black Lives Matter people, they're going to be all up in arms about it, and all this backlash and blah blah blah." Like they were more concerned about the optics instead of making sure the kid was alive, and it was just kind of like, "Dude, like it's almost like common sense." Um, and it, it it was a little bit frustrating to watch because at that point I was like, "Okay, I know where this is going. This is not going to end up well at all." Um, but it it was kind of like when you watch like a sitcom and there's like a huge misunderstanding and everyone's freaking out and it turns out to this one big thing. And as the viewer, you're like, well, that could have been resolved in the first five minutes. Yeah. So. Yeah. And David Lyons character, Mike D'Angelo, he's kind of the, the ringleader of the, of the cricket cops. And we find out that he's involved in gangs and, mm-hmm. you know, there's so much to talk about, about the show. Like I, I want to do the story justice, but it's like, it's, it's a difficult one to talk about because of how layered it is. And there was a the storyline of a young lady who saw, who saw, oversaw all this in the, the right. KJ, KJ Harper. And then her, uh, her partner, oh, what was his name? Joe, they called him fish. Um, Put her in protective custody, went to Joe's house, stayed with his ex-wife. Eventually, she had to go into protective custody. The cops got her because she just had to go and get this dog, and they murdered her. And that was the one time, I think the only time in the show, they showed Mike, Mike, the the lead cop, kind of be conflicted in anything. But otherwise, he was a complete Mm -hmm. dirtbag. And I I feel like trying to show that confliction to him that late in the series, like I would have almost rather they just made him a complete dirtbag. Because at that point, no one's going to feel anything for him. Because I didn't really care what he felt about it. I was just, it was disappointing. But it, it kind of shows you, you know, the type of people that he he valued in life, the type of lives that he valued. Because even um, in the beginning, when he was talking about, um, like, gang, like, people in gangs, and they were basically like, you know, they're animals, they're not us, so why are you, like, so concerned? Like, they, you know, their lives are just something you can throw away. That's how he felt about the the young lady that was on drugs just like she's an animal as well she can be tossed away too so um it, it's almost this like it's this jaded view of people that are not like yourselves and um he almost held himself to a higher standard or him and the people around him um to a to a higher standard and valued their lives much more than anyone else's yeah absolutely absolutely and you know 
Yeah, it's a piece of shit. But um, Peter Jablonski, the the, <laughs> the 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 character that actually hit the kid, um, they they did, mm-hmm. you know, with his wife being pregnant, and the moment that he admits to his wife what he did, and she says she doesn't give a damn because it's not their family. Oh, an- that a- I was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, How- what? <laughs> Yeah, like it was just like wow, like that's that that was one of those moments too where I realized okay they're gonna do something different with this show because mm-hmm. had this had this been an episode of SVU which I just love watching that would have been the moment that the wife got conflicted and went and turned turned the husband in and went to the cops right but instead she becomes complicit in it so it was it was kind of disappointing because as someone that is, she's a new mother she should have of all people understood. And he was conflicted himself. Like, it almost seemed like he was ready to turn himself in. And she was like, nah, you're not going to do that. Like, you got to be here with our family. Like, fuck all them. Who cares? So, uh, yeah, that was super disappointing to to see that come from that character. But it was like almost it it was another twist. So um, I, I was shocked that the person that did end up, you know, dropping the dime was the last person I expected to do it. So. Yeah, which was her her cousin and and yes, her cousin. Yeah, a girlfriend of one of the one of the other cops who I just call I called him Marky Mark cuz he just tried to channel Mark Wahlberg <laughs> so bad. Um but uh she was the one who had the conscience. She was the one who saw the grill plate which they tried to hide and then went to the cops and told them where to find it when she was put on the stand. Like it was yeah, like you said. I mean, they did a good the writing of this show is amazing because they they did some things that you just don't see in television. Absolutely. And it's even, um, I don't know if you've seen the the same person that, that created this show also did The Killing, uh, which is also on Netflix. Um, I believe it started on A&E and then it was canceled and then they moved it to Netflix. It's a very similar for the same and um, the pace of it, just the, the, the grittiness and the realness of this like almost like crime detective story and the way they kind of don't do what you expect them to do uh, with this story. Um, Cause I, I definitely didn't expect a lot of the, the twists and turns that came along the story. Yeah. Let's talk about some of those twists and turns. So, I mean, the first initial twist and I believe is at the be- end of the first episode, maybe the, the beginning of the second is that the boy who was hit with the car. They kind of made it seem like he was dead, but he was alive. That was the initial twist. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? yeah that that was that was crazy um now he didn't stay alive very long but uh that was a twist and then another Mm -hmm. twist that we had in um them killing the girl which we already talked about um the cousin turning on them uh what else i'm I'm, i feel like i'm forgetting to we've had so many twists in this oh well one of the the crooked cops being willing to turn on on the group and exactly like (laughs) it's it was so it was so many times they played with your most so much because there were so many times and chances where they could have went the typical route and everyone could have got justice and at the end of it which we have to talk about the biggest twist is the end in which what the cop got 90 days in jail or i think a, a year in jail with 90 <laughs> yeah. days he was eligible for release like it's just crazy it unbelievable and i, I like i said it's you know, shocking for a movie, but not shocking for real life. So um, I, I wasn't surprised by that. That was like probably the only thing because I kind of saw it going in that direction. And um, unfortunately, it, it is what it is. Um, but the, those all of those intricate details, I think, that led up to that that final moment is is what made the entire series what what it is it was just a, a great piece of work um so so i was i was really impressed with the, the storyline to begin with anyway so and so what, what were some of your other that we haven't talked about favorite moments and yeah what are some of your favorite moments that we haven't talked about so far um i would have to say the the biggest shocker for me that made me go like oh my god was the reason why brenton was where he was when he got hit Oh yeah! How did I forget that? Um, that that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so, that one just took me completely by surprise because um, for a good amount of the episodes, you're battling with yourself trying to figure out is this really a good kid or was he involved in in gangs or was he you know doing something he wasn't supposed to be doing? Um, and because 
ultimately the one of the main reasons why they left him there to to pretty much die is because they assumed that he was in a gang because of the the bicycle that he was riding so um it you know that that conflict of trying to figure out you know is he a good kid or is he not and then but but in the back of your mind it's like does it really matter does it does that matter does that is that really going to cost him his life whether or not he was in a gang so to to find out that you know he wasn't a relief but then um, also find out that the reason why he was where he was is because he his boyfriend was in a gang and he was spending the night with with another guy. Um, just just seeing that unfold uh, was was incredible. It was that was probably the biggest shocker in the entire series for me, at least. Yeah, yeah, and so I mean to kind of give more detail to that so there was a character that was in a gang that the father went to initially for some information on the son because they grew up together he had been used to this kid he this kid had been in his house and everything and you know he gave him some information he went back a couple of times even the brother-in-law went back and uh the eventually he that gang member is attacked he goes back he stays the night at the father's house and he reveals to him that he was in a gay relationship with his son and that completely shakes him that goes back to the conversation the father had with this pastor that we talked about earlier that was definitely Mm -hmm. it's it's crazy it's crazy absolutely and then there's also the other storyline that also it kind of i don't know maybe i'm just a little bit cynical but uh seth the the brother-in-law um when he's you know just returning from overseas and not getting the support that he needs from the the country as usual what they do to our veterans um being at the va in my mind when he was sitting next to that guy in the every day him get up every like clockwork i I personally immediately thought like oh this guy's doing drugs and i have a feeling that that character also thought that that guy was doing drugs and he was going to go down that path and go do drugs with him and i go in the worst direction possible and then praying so um that was a huge relief for me i was happy about that twist yeah yeah absolutely and the the brother storyline i wasn't happy with most of it but you know coming from a military family i always like seeing stuff displayed about the military that's true because everyone thinks it's this well not everyone but a lot of people civilians think that it's this oh you go fight for a country you come back and you're easy to find it's easy for you to find a job it's easy for you to to get back into society and it's really not like my dad talked to Mm -hmm. me about that for he was in the military for 20 years and when he went back into the private sector it, it he had to take a year or two off work to really get himself back to being around civilians and even then he went back to work for the he went to work for the nsa which isn't a strict regular civilian life but there is a a period in time where you especially if you've gone to war that you have to to really Mm -hmm. reevaluate and get yourself reacclimated to to normal life absolutely and and i mean i commend every person that 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 comes back and you know tries to get reacclimated it's unfortunate you know i i appreciated that story but i felt like there there could have been a little bit more to it because it does highlight the fact that you know they're coming back and it, it's hard to get a job it's hard, hard to to get any kind of uh, support especially you know even those that are suffering from ptsd they don't have the proper care uh they don't have the proper therapy so um i i would have loved to see more about that and um, I, I like I said, it was a little bit disappointing for them to make the the viewer think that he was going to turn down a path um, that wasn't so good because even because I mean, unfortunately, that is what happens. You know, a lot of our homeless are uh, veterans and uh, a lot of our drug addicts that, that are homeless are are veterans. So it's and even alcoholics. So um to to try to you know play with the viewer's emotion and make them think that that was what was going to happen it, it was it was kind of unfortunate yeah for sure for sure so the, the se- 7 seconds of the series overall or what what were you what did you give this first season and are you looking forward to season 2 i would give it a 7.5 that's not bad but it's also not like phenomenal but um 
Um, I, you know, there are some things that I, I would have loved to see more of, um, especially as far as character development. But like you said, I, I didn't even know that that KJ was going to be in, in the second season or that there was going to be a second season. So that's good to know. Um, cause I, I do think that in some cases the, the ball was dropped a little bit. I'm very curious to see, um, what they do next. Like, is there going to be another, um, crime? Uh, what, you know, what nature is it going to be in? Um, because unfortunately, you know, for, for most, it, if it's the same, uh, you know, police corruption, then, um, it, it can become a little, what's the word I'm looking for? I guess like watered down, like people are, you know, people get tired of that, that same old same. So I'd love to see more, you know, suspense, maybe a, a different take on a, a different story. Yeah. I, I hope they do go a, a, a unique way with it. If I had to personally score it, I'd, I'd probably give it a six and a half, seven. Um, the writing though, I'd give a solid eight, eight and a half. Cause the writing was just on point. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. So that, that's my view on it. So we're going to, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about some of the, the real life, hooks that that come off the show and and stuff that goes on in in real life So, Ayanna, I sent you I sent you a few websites, but the one that we're probably going to spend the most time on is one that um, it was a study done on how frequently police officers are arrested and convicted. And just the the headline of it is what caught me. And that is a study finds that police officers are arrested eleven hundred times per year or three times per day or three per day uh, nationwide. When you saw that headline, when you first got into the article after I saw did did it surprise you at all? Because I really wasn't surprised at, that surprised by it. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> I was just kind of like, oh, okay. I, there's a number. Um, not shocked, but I, I guess more so I'm just like, oh, so that's what the number is. But I, I knew that was happening. Yeah, yeah. It's, I it's mean, good, I, it's I'm, good to see an actual yeah. percentage, but go ahead. They can actually, I mean, they're being arrested, but how many of them are being convicted? So it's like, oh, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so, fact, so I guess. yeah and i mean so out of the and this this article gives a lot of information and it uh it was i right. believe the information was taken from 2005 to 2011 i believe um yeah, yeah. so yeah so that was the time period in which it was so in that uh there were Three thousand over three thousand violent crimes. Only thirteen hundred of those three thousand had known results, and only eight hundred and seventy-three of them were convicted. That, that I'm wow. Like I mean, it's good that over <laughs> over over <laughs> half over the half of the ones that had results, they were convicted. But the fact that right. less than half of them even have results, meaning that the case may either be pending or it's kind of just in limbo. That's very very mm-hmm. worrisome and problematic. Absolutely. And I mean, you're supposed to have what internal affairs in place to to prevent these things from happening, to be able to make sure that, you know, there are checks and balances. But it almost seems like, you know, it's just there for show like how and and I don't want it to sound like, you know, all police officers are are bad or all law enforcement is bad because they're not. Um, but there are people out there that do abuse their power. And, um, unfortunately this is an alarming number of people that are abusing their power. So, um, you know, when we come, when we get faced with that argument of like, well, you know, blue lives matter and not all cops are bad and, you know, cops are good and everything. It's like, yeah, I get that, but bruh, like there should not be a good cop and a bad cop. I mean, all cops should just be cops at the end of the day. Like, do your job and stop. Like, I mean, how are these people getting past all of these these mental health tests? Yeah, I know. 
stressful. And 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 it raises the question. This isn't any in any of the research I've done, but how many of them? How much of that mental stress? comes from the job maybe it needs to be that people Mm -hmm. can only serve an amount of time as police officers before they're forced into retirement or into something else maybe that that, maybe that's a a solution here i mean i'm i don't have the 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 knowledge to say that there's any data that supports that at all but i'm maybe that's something to be considered because it's definitely a stressful job like being a cop is it has to be stressful like it's period point blank and that's not even weeding out the ones that are already crazy before they come in or are are just assholes but even the 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 goodest people that become cops for the best reasons have to have some type of mental stress and how that affects them i mean mental stress affects everyone differently but that's something that that i think should be looked at right and then over the years they you know they pick up certain habits or they they gain these certain insights or points of view that that they almost kind of become cynical and and where they find shortcuts or you know ways around things so i mean as the years progress it it's almost like uh wear and tear i guess and they they i i would think that you know after a certain amount of time you've got to at least take some time off or you know retire because it's it's usually those that have been around long enough to, to know um, what they can get away with that get away with those things. Absolutely. And um, one another thing, a statistic that and, you know, th- like I said, this data stops at 2011. So this was before a lot of the spree of attacks on black men uh, becoming public. But um, mm-hmm. in the time that was polled, in the, women made up 61% of the victims of police crimes 61% that that's even more alarming than than if it was men like it, it that's that's mind blowing as well and, you, and I, I mean i'm sure there's reasons to do with that as far as like prostitution and and everything else of of how cops have to interact and arrest prostitutes but still there's no reason to be violent with women um, unless, um, of course, your your life is in danger. But what what do you think about that statistic? I don't I, and I also don't necessarily think it has to do with, um, I guess, necessarily being violent, but it's asserting your power. Um, a lot of the time they're they're using their their name and their their badge to assert that kind of power and just to say, you know what, I'm arresting you. I can you're in my custody. I can do whatever I want with you. Um, and it, it, it's sort of unfortunate because it's like, oh, you know, this person is supposed to be protecting me and protecting and, and protecting and serving. And, um, instead I have to be fearful of like, if I get pulled over and I'm by myself and I'm in a dark area, I have to, I, I've always been concerned about being pulled over at night, um, because I know that I have to, before I even stop, make sure that there are street lights where I am, make sure that, you know, if I stop that there's places around me where there are people um, to, to ensure that nothing happens to me. And that's not even just as a black person, that is as a woman in general, to, to ensure that, that I am safe and that they're not going to say, you know, if you want to get out of this ticket, you can uh, bend over or something like um it's it's it, it's really scary to to not feel safe around the person that is supposed to be protecting you um there was a actually a law recently passed in new york just last month about um it basically making it illegal to have, to have sex with somebody in custody i thought that was common sense like it what <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> but apparently a law needed to be put in place because it kept happening and um someone ended up being like that there were loopholes um where it did make it kind of it was it was okay because it was consensual. Um and you know I mean, you're on the job. Like it, you're not out. You're not at work having sex with <laughs> with anybody. I hope not. But like, um, I you rather, know, I, I don't do know. Not confirm or I deny. can't even speak. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, who's thinking about having sex at work, or who's thinking about having sex with a cop? Like, you know, it, it's. It just blows my mind that this has to be a law put in place in order to get people to do the right thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that when you and you sent me that article, and I was just like, 
Oh, and then the article went on to to explain the difference between being in prison and a guard not being able to have sex with the inmate versus someone being in police custody and being like it. it why? Like you said, why are there laws for this? Like, why, <laughs> why do we have to have laws for this? Like, that's just that's just, that has to fall under some form of quid pro quo. Quo. Like, it's just it should just be common sense not to have sex with someone you're arresting. Like, right. why? Why? Whatever. Uh, yeah. But keep it in your pants. <sighs> Uh, um but yeah that's that's just ridiculous um but we do have to talk about we in in this topic if we didn't touch on the fact of police shootings and black men you know i'm sure most listeners would be sending me emails of why we didn't touch on it at all so let's get into some of the data for that um and you know this is this is from a few reports but one main report that says that there are about a thousand police shootings each year in the United States. Um, and, and another report says that black men are more than likely, more than three times as likely to die um, from police force. But of, of those thousand police shootings per year, only about 35% of them, um, only 80 officers had been arrested between t- 2005 and 2017. And only 35% of them in that span were convicted. It makes sense. Like, and that was another scary stat that didn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Not one bit. Right. Oh no, not at all. Um, I, what I'm more concerned is about is like, why, like, why is it so much easier to, to shoot and kill a black man? But you know, if, if a, white person is a threat you can easily just disarm them like i'm so concerned about like why is it that we can arrest and detain a mass shooter but we have to kill someone that we think might have a gun but is actually a cell phone like i I just (laughs) where where does that where does that come from and i mean my i have my theories um just you know about the the perception of the black man and how they are i mean we can go back to 7 seconds when they when he specifically said they're animals they're not like us they i'm going to say they the other tribe uh, they think that um black people are inherently stronger that they are um almost unbreakable like they're they're iron man or something no, they think that we we don't feel pain. They think that, you know, they need to use more force on us because we have different genes. Uh, we have different body structures. And they, they genuinely believe that when they look at a black person, that person going to kill them. And it just it's it's unbelievable. Like, where are you getting this from? Yeah. Yeah. Um. What do you think? I mean, no, I agree. Like there, there is a percent. And the thing is, is that it's, it's, and it's not always just people of other races. Sometimes it's even our own. Like in a lot of what I looked at, like there were black police officers who killed unarmed black men as well. So it's this, it's this thing of, and, and I've kind of had discussions on this before. Is it, is it, should police be using rubber bullets? Should police be taught on how to better restrain than, than to kill or to shoot? Like, it, it it is this perception that when you have a black or Hispanic man specifically, that to to almost be prepared for violence first, and that's not always the case. I mean, yes, sometimes mm-hmm. it is, and don't get me wrong. In cases where police officers legitimately feel threatened for their lives, and someone has a gun, I completely understand. You have to do what you have to do at the, at this point. But all these unarmed shootings of black men that are happening, like, and for some people to sit there and try to just whisk that away as as it not being as bad as what it is like just look it's on the rise there's something that's going on there and yes black men do have a perception of being stronger faster mm-hmm. bigger but still you are you are at least should be trained on how to detain my ass rather than shoot me just because you feel threatened because you see a black man who could possibly be stronger than you mm-hmm. just trying to get my thoughts together <laughs> <laughs> oh you're good you're good no worries yeah, no, I, I, um, I, yeah, no, it's always such a, a sensitive subject. Um, and then I, I, tr- I've never been one to, to talk, to talk about it too much just because, um, I, you know, I guess the eye roll and the, you know, people don't want to discuss these things. Um, but I, I was trying to go, I, I had a thought and I just completely lost it. Um, <laughs> 
Hold on a sec. Nah, it's gone. All right, let's move on. Uh, yeah, let's, <laughs> get some, let's get into some more stats. I mean, from 1960 <laughs> to 2010, black men were more than two and a half times more likely to die from legal intervention than white men. Let's get add another stat on top of that. For these are for the people who who don't think that there is a difference in how black men are treated than our counterparts. Is that police force is used on blacks three and a half times more than among white men. So like these are real stats. These are, are real statistics and real factors that are playing into it. And for the people who don't think that there is something different or that black men are you be more forces being used for black men in general. Like that's not even getting into deaths. Why is it if every, if, if everything's equal, why is it that we're more than likely to, to get force used against us than white people? And I don't want to hear gangs and all that shit because there are white people and meth heads all over the place that are just as high and just as in gangs as black people. I mean, yeah, I don't, it's, there's really no answer for it. Um, like I said, I just don't think anyone has an answer for it. Um, I, I don't have an exact study, um, but I have heard of this, this, um, training that that some police officers do uh, that was that was implemented recently where they're basically like showing um black faces and white faces on a computer screen and uh they they kind of tell their like immediate reaction to it like by hitting a button it's like a, it's a psychological psychological study and they're more likely to use action on the darker figures that come on the screen than they are the the lighter ones as safe and the darker ones are always perceived as unsafe and it's just i think it's just genuinely a psychological um thing that has been implanted in our minds and we've just always as as people um have grown up and it's been passed across generations feeling as though those with darker complexions are more dangerous and and it's 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 unfortunate but it's something that's going to be really hard to uh break out of because we have been primed to feel these things just almost instantly absolutely it's gonna take time it's going to take maybe even a generation or two to to change the mindset but it's first it needs to be acknowledged that it is a problem countrywide everyone needs to realize Mm -hmm. that it is and then we need to start doing the work on what we need to do to fix it period point blank yeah i mean the first thing is to accept that that's what's happening and i i feel like that that's where seven seconds was going where it's it's something that there there are huge parts of our nation that are not exposed to, um, you know, police brutality or, um, you know, corruption or anything. And they, they have in their minds that, you know, all police officers are doing their, just doing their job. They're doing great. And a a good amount of them are, but there are also a, a group of ones that aren't doing that. And I, I think that this show was a good way to get into the homes of those that are not seeing this on a day to day. Because, you know, us as black people, this is this is our news. This is our world. This is what we we hear about when we wake up. This is like something that, that is is kind of pumped into us on a daily basis. Um, and, and there are people out there that just are not exposed to these things. They probably never even seen a black person before. So um, to get those people that are not exposed to that, to to understand that this is what's happening. And even those that are, are exposed to it, but are trying to turn a blind eye to it and see both sides. Um, you know, it, it, it takes a matter of just trying to, to, to get those people to, to open their eyes and, and hear us. Absolutely. Absolutely. I couldn't, I couldn't have said anything better myself. So Han, is there anything left on the subject that you want to touch on? No, I'm, I'm, ex- I'm exhausted just talking about, um, the, the, how hard it is sometimes to be black, but how rewarding it is to be black. I am so happy to be black. Yellow lives matter too. Was it? <laughs> so yeah, 
Shout out to my people. Yeah, absolutely. Shout out to shout out to everyone. Uh, speaking of shout outs, Ayana, tell the people <laughs> <laughs> tell the people where they can find you. And I'm just saying. <laughs> Uh, as if they want to hear my voice anymore. I know you guys love me. Um, <laughs> you can find I'm just saying um, on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, as well as uh, Google Play. Now, um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram as I'm just saying Pod, um, and Facebook as I'm just saying Podcast. And uh, you can also find uh, a little representation of I'm Just Saying on The Breaks Radio um, and Tea Time with I'm Just Saying. Absolutely. Why? Why? Why just now the Google Play? What you got your Android haters over there? Is that what that is? Was the Android bias over there? Maybe a little bit. Um, <laughs> so, give the people what they want so, now, we're on Google Play stop why are you complaining we just, we're on it now Jesus <laughs> oh man that's hilarious but I'm CEO Hayes you can follow me at CEO H-A-I-Z-E send any feedback questions comments concerns to theawakensoulpod at gmail.com and I'm, I'm sure fine I'm just saying anywhere and send them android hate but since they just decided to hate on android users but nonetheless <laughs> stop it everyone i'm just saying has an iphone all of our bubbles are blue so listen we got y'all now what do you complain better now than never <laughs> thank you so much for joining me i appreciate it i'm gonna start having to put you on the spot more because i knew you couldn't i would the listeners were gonna come at you if you didn't show up because i would have sure threw you under the bus i would have got on here and be like well we we're gonna have a seven seconds review but Ayana, she flaked on me i am a woman of my word mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm very happy to be here I'm, thank you for for having me back <laughs> anytime anytime thank you Shut up, bitch, swallow. If you can't swallow, shut up, bitch, goggle. Straight up out that water with my Mark Jacob goggles. I'm fresh shit in a motherfucker. Yeah, I'm a motherfucker. No, I wouldn't take your girl, but I shall take her tub from her. Could you tell I'm in love, woman? Like no other woman. Oh, I'm sorry, sweetheart. I thought you were my other woman. I'm 